and welcome to the Water With Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host, and I am a fellow 20-something creating this podcast for you, my 20-something friends, or 20-somethings at heart. My hope and prayer is that you walk away from each episode feeling encouraged, challenged, and refreshed in your walk with the Lord. I invite some legit older, wiser women on to help us along this journey and remind us that we will indeed survive. I am pumped that you're here. Okay, ladies, before we get started, I wanted to share with you guys about an app that I have been loving that makes catching up on Bible reading super duper easy and so fun. We're a little over halfway through the year now, which means that for a lot of us, our New Year's Bible reading plans might be falling behind in the busyness of life. Schedules are crazy, Netflix is calling, and for a lot of us, it's just plain hard to find the time to get into God's Word each day. That's where Dwell comes in. Dwell is an audio Bible app that far exceeds any Bible app you've used before. Trust me. This isn't some monotone, boring reading of the King James Version that's going to put you to sleep by the end of the first verse. Dwell has commissioned four brand new recordings of the Bible in the ESV, each showcasing a unique and inspiring voice. Right now, I am really into the five-day Bible in a Year plan and the Peaceful Night playlist. In just 15 to 20 minutes a day, you can listen to the entire Bible in a year. I typically play my Bible in a year plan while I'm getting ready for work or on my way to work. So if you have a hard time reading the Bible, or if you have a commute and would like to redeem that time, then try out Dwell. They have a seven-day free trial that you can take advantage of. They have also given Water With Lemon listeners a pretty generous deal. If you go to dwellapp.io slash waterwithlemon, you can get 33% off their annual subscription, which works out to $19.99. And $19.99 a year is just $1.67 a month. So we're talking less than a latte a month that you can access a world-class scripture listening experience. Again, check them out at dwellapp.io slash waterwithlemon and transform the way you experience scripture. Oh man, ladies, do I have a good episode for you today. On this week's episode, I have Laura Jones, who is 100% my new favorite person. We had the best conversation, and I seriously couldn't stop thinking about it for days. Laura's been through some insane tragedy in her life, and I was deeply impacted by her story. I won't spoil it for you, so you're just going to have to listen in, but for anyone who has or is experiencing a tragic or difficult situation, Laura speaks straight to the hearts of those who aren't sure how to respond to God in the middle of a tragic event. She also speaks to the healing process and how it's definitely not an overnight thing. So without further ado, let's get on with my conversation with Laura Jones. Well, hey, Laura, welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. I am so stinking excited to have you on today. Thank you so much, Emma. I'm excited to be a part of a 20-something world again. (laughs) Yeah, right? I always say that Water with Lemon is for 20-somethings or 20-somethings at heart. So we can put you you in that category and you Mm -hmm. are totally included in this community. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Yes. So why don't you just start us off, like tell us all about yourself. What, What is life like for you right now these days? Well, I am an inspirational speaker. I travel wherever the Lord opens the door 
to speak mm-hmm. at churches. Um, my favorite thing is women's retreats, usually yeah. in small churches across the country where I get, oh, 20 to 50 women that I get to spend the weekend with and hear their stories and share my story with them. That's that's, that's my fun. favorite. That's fun. That's is, so much more like intimate, you know? Yes. Then I come home to a, a quiet life in a small town in Southwest Kansas and spend time with my family, my husband's family, my best friend and her family that I call family and my adopted children. So I just come home and rest and enjoy. I love that. That is so cool. I've never been to Kansas. I always think of, I know people probably say this, I always think of the Wizard of Oz. I'm sorry. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> if only maybe, I could click maybe, my maybe. heels together and get back. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm sorry that you've get, been only given that, that you know, <laughs> picture of Kansas, but that's totally what's running through my head. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're like, yep, I've heard it a million times. Thanks so much. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Mm. I I want to know, Laura, like, so obviously my podcast is for ladies in their 20s. So I love to ask older wiser women, like, what was life like for you in your 20s? Like, what was really good about your 20s? What was really hard? Let us know all the things. Well, I was engaged when I turned 20. Oh, my nice. fiance, my fiance was um, studying to be an engineer, and I was studying to be an accountant. Mm-hmm. We were both at Kansas State University, and then while we were engaged, my husband surrendered to the ministry, and that mm-hmm. turned our world upside down. It wasn't that I didn't yeah. expect it. God had told me earlier in my life that I would become a pastor's wife. And I just kind of rat-holed it and didn't think too much about it, met Jay, fell in love. And, but then when that's, the spirit started stirring within him, I recognized it and then remembered. And so I just watched it happen. So anyway, I, I welcomed that change. So we, when we got married, he had a semester left of his engineering degree, which he went ahead and finished. And then I had a year left of my accounting degree, which I went ahead and finished. And Mm -hmm. then we went to seminary together. So a great deal of of the first half of our 20s was just schooling. Mm -hmm. But what we didn't expect was right about the time we finished, actually, I wasn't quite done yet, and we, but we had already gotten married. And he was finished with his degree. And we started applying what our plan was, was to become, to go into a missions program in the United States where we could practice ministry and learn and and start our our partnership together like that Mm -hmm. before we went into the pastorate, which was his ultimate goal. And even before we went on to seminary. That was our plan. So we started filling out all that paperwork. There was a particular man in our life that we wanted to be a reference on that form. Mm -hmm. So we called him and he was what we called an area missionary in our denomination. 
And when we called him to ask him to be on this form, he said, actually, God just won't let me get you out of my mind about this particular church. I think he's, I think you are supposed to come and be the pastor there. And we were like, what? We don't have any training. We don't have any experience. I was 21 years old. And, and I, the, 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 <laughs> and so in our great wisdom, <laughs> we just fell on our knees before God asking mm. what he wanted us to do. And he absolutely affirmed, this is what I want you to do. So wow. we went and visited. We were already volunteering at this little church. It wasn't very far from our college. Mm-hmm. So we went and my husband preached. And they had a meeting after lunch and said, yeah, we want you. And all of a sudden, in one day, we became pastor. And wife. Wow. <laughs> and the whole mission idea crazy. just went out the door. And, and so what we did was we went to seminary about 150 miles away from there. So we would spend four days a week living on near the seminary campus and went to school full time four days a week. And then we would go back that 150 miles and live there three days a week. Oh my and goodness. <laughs> so that's what we that's did. So, yeah. Yeah. It was that's crazy. crazy first half of our 20 twenties. Wow. And then when that y'all, and you were just baby twenties, right? We were. Like 21. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. We were just babies. Wow. <laughs> But God just like totally called you up and into that, huh? He did. He did. When seminary was over, then we lived in Clay Center, Kansas full time. And then we looked to starting our family. And the second half of our 20s was when we welcomed our daughter. I was 26 when she was born. And our son, I was 29 when he was born. And Mm. life changed being a mama. Yeah. Yeah. That totally changes your life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's a crazy, I mean, I feel like that is very like typical of, you know, kind of early twenties in Mm -hmm. school. I'm sure that was like super hard to like know that you guys were going to go into ministry and you both still had like, you know, you had a year left of school, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing that you still that wasn't what you were going to do. So I bet that was super hard to even just like finish knowing that you were going to do something completely different. Right. Yeah. But that degree was important. You know, you Mm -hmm. finished that bachelor's so you can switch gears and do a different master's. And it was important. And I'm well, my husband never did use his engineering degree for pay, but I did use my account. In different times, yeah, we were, you know, when we needed help, we needed that extra income, right? And a lot of times, it's just important to have a degree, not necessarily like what it is, but mm-hmm. even just like having one says something. So I agree, crazy. And then obviously, you know, being married and then having kids. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I always say like twenties is just such a big time of change. Like mm-hmm. so much life change happens in. Uh, this decade typically and so Mm -hmm. and a time um, of surrender you know Mm. hearing God's plan and being willing to follow it 
Mm-hmm. That's, I think, probably the most important part about the 20s. Because mm-hmm. it can feel so much like, God, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What's going on? What is your plan for me? Yeah. And so that comes with a lot of surrender. It does. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, I'd love to jump in and talk about your new book, right? So, yes. Song of a Wounded Heart. Yes. Um, I'd love to kind of just talk about your book, and um, I'm so excited for it, but would you just kind of tell my listeners about kind of what happened to um, have you write this book? Like, would you just mind sharing, like, um, what caused you to write it? Well, this book is born in tragedy when the daughter I was telling you about when she was 14 and our son was 11 we lived in a little town in Oklahoma and where my husband was pastor and it was about 400 miles from home where Jay and I grew up and so of course we came back to visit regularly. And one of those times was across Thanksgiving in 2004. It was pretty traditional for us to come home for Thanksgiving because pastors, it's pretty difficult to get away from, mm. from the job <laughs> at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So we would always go oh, yeah. at Thanksgiving. So we got to pick the kids up after school on a Tuesday before Thanksgiving and took off across country. And But as we traveled, um, it was raining. And then as we kept going, it started snowing. And at one point, um, late in the evening, I had fallen asleep in the front seat of the van and expecting to wake up at home about midnight. But when I woke up, we had been in a head-on collision. Mm. And... It was caused by black ice in a valley. Neither driver was expecting, but the driver coming from the other way hit that black ice first and slid across the center line and hit us. And, and my husband and my son died on the highway. And a few yeah. hours later, my daughter died in the hospital. And I was released the next morning with only a concussion and a broken rib as if God had just put his hand around me and kept me alive on purpose. And Mm -hmm. my heart died. You know, my body lived, but my heart died. And yeah. so this book is my journey, my faith journey from death to hope. It encompasses the next... Um, 12, 13 years after the accident and just chronicles the story. It uses biblical story as well, the biblical stories that impacted me and that God used to talk to me about his character and how he wanted to interact with me. And and then it tells my own story and the wrestling of of my soul. That's what Song of a Wounded Heart is. How old were you at that time? I was 40 at the time of the accident. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't even imagine, like, like you said, I'm sure it just felt like, you know, why was I the one that survived? Mm-hmm. And 
Why -hmm. would you keep me here? And the rest of my family is not like that was your whole world. And so like, how, how'd you respond to God after that? Of course, I ask all those questions that you just asked, including the question of, but God, you told me I would be a pastor's wife. And then you took the pastor, you took him. And what is, what does that leave for me to do, for me to be? All of those questions. Because once I saw the man, I knew the question wasn't so much, why did they die? It was, why did I live? And, mm-hmm. oh boy, there was a lot of pieces to how I responded to God at the, the very first piece, I think, was that I wanted my children and my husband to be proud of me. And so Mm -hmm. I knew where they were. I knew they all believed wholeheartedly in God. And I knew they were experiencing his presence. Not very far after the accident, just, just a few days, I was worshiping in my husband's church where he grew up and we were singing music has always been so important to me important to my worship and important to how I can hear God I can hear him through music when I can't hear him any other way and I can speak to him through music when I don't have any words Mm -hmm. so we were singing an old hymn it's called Jesus is all the world to me And as we were singing that song, I was looking up to the ceiling of the church and like willing the the ceiling to just open so I could see into heaven, you know, wanting Mm -hmm. so badly to be able to see them and to be with them. And, um, And then something clicked in my head. I thought, while I'm worshiping God, my praise goes before the throne of God and that's where they are and that's what they're doing and that's what their praise is doing and so I kind of pictured my praise mingling with theirs and all of a sudden I thought well that's the closest I can be to them the closer I am to my God and the more I'm praising him the more I'm joining them and the closest I can be to them so and when I when that light bulb came on, it was like I heard their voices saying, "You're getting it, Mom. You're getting it." <laughs> and and I think Aww. that's when I realized, like, oh, I I want them to be proud of me. I want them to be cheering me on, and I want to get it. So that was a really really mm-hmm. important piece of oh, of yeah. like a turning point, you know. And another really important piece was a friend of mine asked me, are you going to keep believing in God? And I I caught my breath. I really did. Because all those years, like 20 years I'd spent in ministry, I'd watched many people walk away from God, walk away from their faith. Mm -hmm. And I never really understood why. And all of a sudden I understood why. This is how that happens. You 
get to something that doesn't make sense when you thought God should do something he didn't do, or he did something you thought he shouldn't do. And so you just give up on him. And at the very same moment, I thought, oh my goodness, to to choose to do that would mean that I'm choosing to believe that there's no God and there's no God that's going to walk me through this and there's no life after this one. Well, that would mean that my children are just dead. No, I don't know. I don't want to believe that. Yeah. And I, there's no, no there's there. no hope there at all. There's no hope after life and there's no hope in life if there's no God. And, and in addition, I know he's real. I've heard him. I've talked to him. I've watched him work. I don't understand why he did this, but I would be like cutting off my own feet to stop believing. Mm. So that was very, very instrumental. The question, coming face to face with the question, mm-hmm. is very instrumental. Right. And I love that picture of you like praising God mm-hmm. and and realizing like that's the closest you're gonna be. That's such like a beautiful picture, and I'm sure that was like a really big moment of healing for you. I mean, as much healing as you can get, like kind of a space of you know being able to see the eternal aspect of Mm -hmm. it and because you know he tells us that this life is you know so momentary right and so that like picture of you being able to look beyond this life and see you know this is this is what it's going to be like like this is what I'm waiting for and they're waiting for me and it's way sooner for them is what it feels like, you know? So but that's such a beautiful picture. And I think, you know, a lot of people could say moments of healing like that or when they, when they start to realize like the eternal versus the hurts here on this earth. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. It, it's the only. It's the only thing keeping that same that perspective is what makes life mm-hmm. possible. Right. And so you had to answer that question with of course I am because what else do right. I have? Hmm. So like what what did you cling to? Like was there were there certain songs or were there certain uh, scriptures that just you had to cling to, to keep going? Yeah, I, along the way, God sang many songs to me, including the night of the accident. While I was still in the van, mm. there was a song that came to my mind, it, it like came in sound bites in pieces in each piece coming right when I needed it. The first piece that came to me while I was still trying to absorb what I was seeing, understand what I was seeing. The first piece was do not be afraid. 
And of course, I was Mm -hmm. terrified. And but it just kept playing over and over and over and over. Don't do not be afraid. And then as the EMTs told me that they were going to take me out of the van first, and they started to strap me to the backboard and get me out. At that point, I heard the next part of this song, and it says, the voice of truth says, this is for my glory. And I thought, okay, so you're here, and you're going to do something. That means this is all going to turn out okay. (laughs) And, of course, at that point, Mm -hmm. it meant that we were all going to be okay and live on this earth, right? But it was just this this message that I heard before I even knew that they were gone. This is going to be for God's glory. I knew it was God singing and I didn't know the song. I'd heard it before on the radio. So it was a familiar tune, but I didn't know the words. And so I just waited for him to keep singing. Then when they came to me at the first hospital I was at, the chaplain came to the foot of my bed and told me that my son and my husband were gone and they didn't expect my daughter to live through the night. And right then that verse concluded, it says out of all the voices calling out to me, I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. That song is the voice of truth by Captain Pounds. It came out in 2004, still hear it occasionally on the radio but I, I clung to that message that this was going to be for God's glory. I didn't know how, and I certainly didn't know why. But I knew that he was showing me. And I clung to my relationship with God. I clung to the Bible, too, but God kind of tricked me into that. <laughs> um because you probably didn't want to choose it (laughs) and I don't think I would have just chosen it on my own volition and God knew that and I'm grateful that he knew that it's hard to open the Bible it's hard to concentrate it's hard when you're frustrated or angry with God or you're just overwhelmingly sad it's hard to open it but my husband had written a walk through the Bible during the year in 2004. And I thought, why are you doing that? You can get one. They're written already. Why are you spending all these hours doing this? And he just said, I, I want to do this. I want to do it for our church family. And it, it's very complicated, the one that he wrote. He wanted it to be where people could systematically read the Bible, even if they've never read it before. So he made four tracks. Mm-hmm. And the first one was just read these few verses every day. And at the end of the year, you will have read Psalms and Proverbs. And that's all. And then he made another tract that if you read it, you would read only the Gospels, just the story of Jesus in a year. So either one of those Mm -hmm. you could do, depending on which Part of the Bible you wanted to try. One, Psalms and Proverbs is more about advice and feelings and calling out to God when life doesn't make sense. 
and the Gospels is more about mm -hmm. the life of Jesus. So take your pick. And then there was a third track that gave you, if you read it, it gave you the rest of the New Testament. Or you could read the two tracks, part from the Gospels and part from the rest of the New Testament. If you read both of them together, then at the end of the year, you would have read the whole New Testament. And then, of course, the fourth track was the rest of the Old oh. Testament. Or you could read all four and read the whole Bible. And he wanted everybody to try to pick one or two or four of those tracks and read together. So we would, if the whole church would start together, there would at least be some piece that we would read this, the same thing each day. And then you could talk about it with your family or your church family. And then he gets it all finished and it took him hours and hours and days and days to do. And then he said, let's start it in September. And I thought, why are we starting in September? Don't you know we always start new things in January, right? I just thought it was easy. Right. Nice resolution. But he started it yeah. in September. Well, he didn't live till January. And then I understood why he wanted us to start in September. And then see, it gave our whole church something to do together in his honor to finish what we told him we mm -hmm. would do. And that's why I kept doing it because I wanted to finish what I told him I would do. But that kept me in the word of God. Yeah. And it I did all four. Actually, I read the whole Bible that year. Mm -hmm. So you were reading from four different places in the Bible every day. And it was as if God had orchestrated that, which of course he did just for me. Cause time and again, I was yeah. reading a passage that I needed and it would answer a question that I was asking provided everything I needed as I read through those. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Wow. That is crazy how God orchestrated that, you know, having right. no idea. Right. But God knew. Man. Wow. And so, you know, he kind of forced he you in the scriptures. He like he said. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And there was that kind of like accountability mm -hmm. almost because you knew like your husband had created it and you wanted right. to follow through, right? So it was That's kind right. of forced. Mm, wow, that is beautiful. I do remember that song, The Voice of Truth, mm -hmm. as well. And, you know, something I was thinking about was, you know, that it says uh, that you have to choose, right. right? So not, you know, it's not something that will come easy. You have to choose to listen right. and believe. The that voice is right. Of truth. And so I wonder, you know, I bet that you really clung to that of, okay, this is something I'm going to have to choose because it's not what my heart is going to right. want to choose um, or go to naturally. I'm going to have to make it a point to right. listen and believe. So what a beautiful, like, just lyric to cling to in that time. Um, 
I wanted to know, like, is there anything that, you know, just advice or, you know, any wisdom for somebody who maybe is in the midst of tragedy or knows somebody in the midst of it and just kind of needs that hope? Like, if you could go back and kind of just speak something over yourself or or other people, like, what what would you say? Well... I would say talk to your God and you don't have to have special words or fancy words and, and you can ask anything you want to know and you can get mad. He's not afraid of your anger. He's not afraid of you. He's not afraid of your pain. Mm-hmm. Um, just go to him, beat on his chest, talk to him. He's the very essence of your life. Mm-hmm. And then open your Bible. <laughs> Take your story to the Bible. I, I just have found that the characters in the scriptures and their stories have just come to life for me. I can see myself in them. I can watch them wrestle and recognize my own wrestling. I can see how God interacted with them and learn how he's willing to interact with me. It's it's vital. It's, it's your food. Prayer's your water and the Bible's your food that will give life back to you. And I think too, one of the, the biggest things that I've learned when, when it's a heart wound and there are lots and lots and lots of heart wounds in our world, we've all got them. We really want our heart to stop hurting and we'll do most anything to get it to quit hurting. We'll, we'll almost kill our own heart to get it to quit hurting. And when you start to look for healing for that heart, it doesn't mean Healing is not the absence of pain. Healing is me- healing means that your heart can work. And if your heart can work, it will both hurt and laugh. So healing is not running away from the pain or even getting your heart to deaden to the pain. Healing is letting joy back in so that you can feel again. You can hurt and you can laugh. Mm, That's beautiful. I love that. It's so true. Like, I think one kind of analogy that I've always liked is, you know, when you're hurt, it leaves Mm -hmm. wounds, right? And just because, you know, you're healing doesn't mean that that's gone away. Like mm-hmm. they can leave scars. And so, but that doesn't mean the pain is necessarily gone away, but it's okay to still heal and forgive right. and, and move mm-hmm. forward in that. Um, but that doesn't mean that you just forget no. about it, right? It's, it's still there. You can still see it. Again, we have to go back to mm-hmm. choosing 
to believe, choosing above the pain to listen to what God says. Yeah. So I think that's so beautiful. I think it's hard to realize um, what healing really is and how God how God does that. It's not, it's not a quick process. Healing it's not. Wound, and, you know? and some of our heart wounds really do heal where they don't hurt anymore. When the problem is resolved, you know, when the relationship is resolved, but death is not healed until we're, we're with them again, or we're, or until we're with the Lord again. Mm-hmm. And that kind of wound, it always has some pain. It doesn't go away. Right. Or separation right. is the same way. It's not not every mama and their child is separated by death. Sometimes they're separated by other things too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Thank you for just sharing. Thank you for being open about your story because I can imagine talking about it so much and you know for the past what 14 years or so you've been talking through this story and so thank you for just having the bravery to share it with others and to let it impact other people because like this totally impacted me and I can't imagine how many other people that this has impacted and will impact so thank you Laura for just being open about your story um, cause I, I can imagine it's hard to relive it over and over by sharing it. It is so, hard, but you. it's a, it's a labor of love. Cause I want other people to find the hope that I found in the Lord so they can get up and mm-hmm. walk again. It's beautiful. I love that. And so, you know, I would encourage like my listeners, if there's like, Something that you are going through that is tragic and you're just kind of looking for that hope, um, like Laura said, like to turn to Jesus, turn to the only hope we found. But also, I bet Laura would be totally open to, you know, kind of sharing more with you and if you um, reach out to her and also by reading her new book um, and just getting kind of a a picture of what God has done in her life through. through I would love to talk to people. You can find me at laurajones.org. You spell my name L O R A. My mom was creative. (laughs) Um, You can also find me on Facebook at Laura Jones ministry ministries. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear from people and talk with them about their own story. Great. Yeah. You guys reach out if you have, you know, something to talk to her about. That would be so cool. Thank you, Laura. Um, Okay. We have made it to the last three questions, Laura. I ask these to every guest that comes on. Um, So the first one is what is one thing you just wish you knew as a 20 something? (laughs) I love this question. (laughs) First, I have. (laughs) A lot of people do. And they're like, only one? There's a lot of things I would tell my 20-something. Well, one thing I have to just say is I'm glad that I didn't know what was coming. Because I think I would have lived my whole life in fear. Uh, 
instead of enjoying life as it comes, which is really what I think I would say that I wish I knew because I wish I didn't, I'd have known how short life really is because it goes by so fast and you spend most of your time in your Mm twenties. I did anyway, wishing for the next step, you know, wishing for school to be done or wishing to have a child or wishing for them to be out of diapers or, (laughs) you know, each step you're always pushing to the next one. And if I'd have realized how quickly it all goes by, I would have enjoyed each piece of it better. Mm. I feel like I hear that a lot of like, you know, we are always wanting to get married, (laughs) wanting to have kids, wanting that next thing. And those things are great, but ultimately like, it's not the end all be all. Whenever you get there, you're like, Oh man, kind of wish I would have just enjoyed this stage I was in instead of hoping for this because yeah, yeah it's great. But like, it just goes <laughs> so fast. Life just goes <laughs> so fast. I have a friend who told me that that's mm-hmm. how we know that we're created for eternity. The older we get, the faster time mm-hmm. goes until one day you just step off into no time at all. Wow. That's so true. Like that longing that we have Mm -hmm. is in us for a reason. It's to long for eternity, not the next step. Oh, that's good. Okay. Next, what are you like reading, listening to, or watching? Like any of those things? A couple of the books that I read recently that really impacted me. One of them's called, What If Jesus Meant What He Said? And it's by Nate Bramson. And it just, it, it really impacted me. It's how to be an unconditional follower of Jesus. And the writer has lived all around the world and met Christians all around the world. And he's has some wonderful stories and some deep challenges in that book. Another one I've read recently is Spiritual mm-hmm. Prepper. And it's by Jake McCandless. And it's, you know, you hear about people prepping for the end of the world or whatever and digging holes and stocking it with food or whatever. But that's not what this is about. This is about spiritually prepping for a day (laughs) that probably will come in your life when something will happen that will make you want to walk away from God. It's preparing for that day. Mm. And what are you going to do? What do you need to do to prepare for it? And how are you mm-hmm. going to face it when it comes? And it is full of stories of people who mm. chose to walk away and eventually returned, or some who chose to walk away and didn't return. It's their mm. stories. It's a pastor who wrote the book. So he's, although they're all anonymous stories, they're all based on truth, things that he's watched people go through. And the decisions they made based on those. And then those who chose to stay. And it's it's a very powerful book, too. Oh, so, I don't so watch cool. a lot of television or go to a lot of The one that I've watched recently that really impacted me is called Beautifully Broken. Have you seen that movie? Um... 
I don't think I have. What is well, that one about? I don't want to put a spoiler on it. So I'll just say it is three men <laughs> that live around the world. Two of them that were involved in, um, what's it called? Genocide on two different sides of the genocide. Oh. One forced to kill and one running to keep his family from being killed. And then another man that was on the other side of the world and how God being God absolutely intertwined those three (laughs) lives. It's all three of them to meet each other. It was an amazing based on a true story movie. Wow. That sounds amazing. I want to find that. It reminds me of I just read uh, I just read this book called Lilac Girls and it's about three women during World War II, all in different spaces, um, and eventually they kind oh, of wow. intertwine in some way. But like each chapter is a different, you know, it switches back and forth between the three girls. Um, so you're like constantly on your toes to hear like what happened with the one that you previously read it's really good but that's what kind of reminded me of I love those that are Mm -hmm. like different stories in one (laughs) it's like three movies in one if you think about it three (laughs) three three for one special I'll have to find that one right it's good it's good you should read it uh okay lastly what is refreshing you these days anything that is just giving you life i love to go camping with my best friend and her family to take a book and sit beside the lake which are rather small in southwest kansas but they you know they exist <laughs> and just relax sit in the sun um in some life I, that's very refreshing to me I, I like to work outside. I don't do it very often, but messing with a flower bed, watching things grow, pulling out the weeds. God gives me lots uh-huh. of lessons pulling weeds and just it's it's quieting to Oh, soul. totally. And as I was thinking about this question, mm-hmm. I thought laughing. I think I need more laughter in my life. That's that's so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Joy. I agree. It's always whenever you have a good laugh, mm-hmm. you know, it just brings so much joy. Yeah. I feel like it's so good. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for just being open and honest about your story and sharing that with my listeners. And so excited for your book and just. Uh, to be able to kind of go even deeper into your story. And so um, thank you so much. It was a joy to talk to you. It's just been a pleasure. I hope you were impacted as deeply as I was by Laura and her story. Man, I can't even imagine what it was like to go through that. I'm so thankful to have met Laura, even over the computer, and to be encouraged by her strength in the Lord. Everyone needs to go get her book called Song of a Wounded Heart and read more about her story. You can go to my website to check it out. Just go to the show notes and there's a link there to get the book. Thanks for listening in this week.
share this episode with someone you think might be impacted by your story, which would be everyone in the world. I'll catch you back next week. Stay fresh, my people.